Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good evening, I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View. Now, we continue to see market volatilities as investors seek to weigh the possibility of a recession. And today, we are going to pick up on where we left off on Tuesday to look at some of those latest happenings from the US and also Europe. And these include minutes from the Fed's June meeting out last night, as well as efforts by Europe and China to spur growth sectors and boost their economies. We also have a quick look ahead of some of the key updates that will be due later this week, such as accounts of the ECB's monetary policy decision uh, discussion. And on the line, we have with us Dr. Prandip Philip is the head of Deloitte Access Economics, joining us all the way from Australia. Hi, Dr. Philip. Nice to be with you. Hi, Dr. Philip. Maybe let's start with the US first, right? We are seeing a moderation in growth after interest rate hikes. Analysts have come forward to forecast a lower growth for the non-farm payrolls out on Friday. To what extent has the U.S. economy showed signs of slowing? It's really interesting to talk about the U.S. Mm. because the U.S. is within a global context. And what we're seeing is that the global economy is facing multiple headwinds. You know, we have the slowdown in China. We're seeing the energy shock in Europe. We're seeing now a slowdown in the U.S. because global growth is slowing. Global inflation is rising, interest rates are rising globally, and geopolitical tensions are casting a long shadow over the global economy. So if you look at the U.S., first quarter, minus mm. 1.6. The second quarter, first estimates are due out on the 28th of July. And we're starting to see in the indicators, for example, real consumer spending in May fell. Real incomes are declining, and these mean that consumer demand will start to drop. And so we're seeing the evidence that business is also slowing down production and its expansion. The Institute for Supply Management Mm. uh, recently found that the pace of growth of U.S. manufacturing fell sharply in June. And finally, we have the purchasing managers indices, uh, a forward-looking indicator uh, showing a decline in the U.S., to a 23-month low. So you can see the signs of the U.S. economy just starting to slow after the 1.5 percentage point increases in interest rates we've had since March. Mm. And let's talk a little bit more about the minutes from the Fed's June meeting out last night. Investors were saying that it suggests that the Fed is likely to have an even more hawkish stance. Some are predicting 75 basis point hikes. But bearing in mind that the Fed's meeting was back all the way back in July when inflation was 8.6%, what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. What are some clues you have gleaned sure. from those ease of information, rather? So it's interesting to, to read the, the minutes. Uh, mm. it, it highlights probably five things that we see. One is they note that there have been significant swings in asset prices and financial conditions have tightened since the last meeting. On the economy, they say that production and spending uh, indicators were mixed but generally remained strong. On the global economy, it says that lockdown measures to deal with COVID-19 and the Russian invasion of Ukraine have slowed global economic growth. But then they turn to the US and they say that the trajectory of real GDP in the US is lower than their main prediction, but there are still things that are strong, production and spending. And then they turn finally to that important topic for the the US inflation. And its preferred measure, personal consumption expenditure deflator, had been revised up. 
because mm. of stronger than expected wages growth and because the supply chain disruptions in food and energy were larger and more persistent. So these are the clues in the minutes. Mm. And what does it mean? It means that they think that demand of the economy is still strong, that the labour market is still tight, and they're worried that inflation expectations will become, the term they use, unanchored from the 2% inflation objective. Mm. And what that means for them is they're worried that people will think that they're not going to do a good job on containing inflation, and so inflationary expectations will increase. So you will see the Federal Reserve taking a more restrictive stance because Mm. they want to deal with inflation and want to deal with inflationary expectations. Mm. So what are you looking at at the moment? Is it a 75 basis point hike? Are you on that camp? Look, I think they Mm. will be stronger than we expect and they're very clear in the minutes. They say that um, the participants Mm. judge that an increase of 50 or 75 basis points would be likely be appropriate at the next meeting and that moving to a restrictive stance of policy was required to meet their legislative mandate to provide maximum employment and price stability. So I think we've got it written pretty clearly Mm. to expect 50 to 75, Mm. but given their views about inflation, they might just go at the higher end of that. Mm. And on that note, if we were to increase interest rates by 75 basis points, quite a few economists we spoke to initially, they said that the US is not entering a recession, but we do see an inversion of the yield curve, which then means that it's a warning sign towards a recession. So, in your opinion, are there any signs of stress or risks in segments of the economy that could put US into a recession this year? Look, there are, there are risks, as we've outlined, in terms of, you know, when you raise interest rates, the objective is to slow demand. And we're seeing that with consumers. And we're seeing that with business because financial conditions have tightened. So the question will always be, do we overshoot? Will the Federal Reserve overshoot? Will mm. they go too hard, too fast, too far? And I think that's the, the big question. And, of course, none of this is in isolation because we also have to look at the global economy. And already, 13 of the G20 economies have tightened interest rates, and we expect the four that are in the Eurozone uh, Mm. to join that club, uh, you know, in the European summer. So that'll be 17 out of the 20 G20 countries will be in a tightening mode. So that means global growth will tighten and will slow. So these are some of the risks that face uh, not only the US economy, but also the global economy. And a key driver of that right now is what happens with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Will that lead to higher and more entrenched an energy shock that will destabilise economies? Mm. Now, if you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Dr. Pradip Philip, head of Deloitte Access Economics, joining us all the way from Australia. And speaking of uh, minutes to Fed, Dr. Philip, I do want to turn our attention to look at Europe because the ECB set to publish mm-hmm. accounts of its latest monetary policy discussions. What are we expecting? Or to what extent will this be in line with our market expectations? Look, we should look for their explanation of what is driving inflation in the Eurozone. Mm. And we know it's going to be different from the US because in Europe, 
it's much more influenced by energy prices and less a function of excess demand in the economy, which is much more of an American issue. And we know that energy prices are up you know, 41.9% in June compared to a year ago in the Eurozone. Mm. And this is really important. So how the, the, the ECB thinks about interest rate normalisation, will it be fast or will it be gradual? They're the things we need to look for and we'll find the answer in each explanation of what is driving inflation both in the short term and the longer term in the Eurozone. Hmm. And in your opinion, are we expecting any surprises over there? Look, I think uh, the only surprise would be Hmm. if they didn't flag an increase in interest rates (laughs) um, because inflation is high. And more importantly, most monetary authorities, most central banks need to normalise interest rates Hmm. because they need to restore their firepower for when the next crisis comes along. So we have that already in train. And so the only surprise would be if they don't flag an upward direction of interest rates at least in the short term. Mm. Dr. Philip, I do want to turn our attention to look at financial fragmentation within the Eurozone as well. The ECB has said that it will come up with a tool to sort of solve that issue. To what extent do you think it will be effective? Look, there's a lot of disruption in mm. uh, the financial sector. Um, and uh, part of that has been how easy money has led to uh, different types of products being uh, uh, introduced in the market. And there is an issue uh, Mm. for the European Central Bank to think about. And you look at also that the Bank of International Settlements, in its latest economic uh, report, also talked about the the importance of dealing with, for instance, cryptocurrency and how that will play out in financial markets and financial systems over the coming years. So we expect to see quite a bit of thinking uh, and also regulatory action over the next little while uh, around these issues. Mm. And looking further ahead in the long run, Dr. Philip, the EU is set to ease some IPO rules to attract more deep tech startups, help them get more equity funding. To what extent or how would that bolster EU economies and position them for longer-term growth? Tian this is a really important question because Mm. economies around the world are really at a fork in the road because if you look at trend economic growth Mm. over the last 30, 40 years, it keeps coming down. Mm. And productivity also keeps coming down. And what that means is that we are all on the hunt for the new sources of growth and productivity to lift our economies over the medium to long term. And the key to that is innovation. Now, in that context, we also have the supply chain disruption that has led us to think more deeply about questions about supply chains and things like sovereignty. So the you know European uh, Union thinking about deep tech startups mm. is really important in this context. But there is a risk, and the risk is that you get more of a nationalistic approach to this, which could lead to some poor economic outcomes. Mm. So it's really important that we think about how we stimulate through systems of innovation, the innovation and entrepreneurial uh, class in our economies. And I think the European Union is thinking quite deeply about this and leading on this front. Mm. But Dr. Philip, overall in general, which are the longer term growth opportunities for Europe and also in the US, as we've mentioned earlier? There are some clear 
uh, areas of growth. Mm. We know that new energy mm. will be a massive sector as there is a transition that takes place. And we expect more energy to be consumed in the world, but through new sources. So mm. that will be a growth sector. The second, of course, is health and well-being. We've all just lived through the pandemic of COVID-19, and we know that the demand for innovation and for services in the health sector uh, will be very large in the years ahead. Um, the third is that the consumer remains king, and so services will continue to rise as mm. long as businesses tailor their products and services to what consumers need. And, of course, you know, things like the financial sector, as mm. there is new innovation in finance, for example, driven by the decarbonisation objective, will lead to growth in finance. But let me also point to a couple of new developments that uh, will drive economies in the future. Space and the use of data from mm. space will be the new frontier for new businesses, new sectors that will develop and grow. So there is a bright future in the medium to long run. Mm. We are currently living through a bit of turmoil and volatility as transitions take place. Mm. Certainly more interesting days ahead. Huh? Thank you very much, Dr. Philip. And that was Dr. Pradip Philip, Head of Deloitte Access Economics on the line. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.